Hello everyone, welcome to the I Am Cannabis Sativa podcast. I'm your host, Dan Scotland. If you're currently a medical marijuana patient and want to tell your story and be featured on the podcast, feel free to email me at IamCannabisSativa at gmail.com. Feel free to hit me up on Instagram at IamCannabisSativa. Feel free to check out our official Twitter account at Pod. You can also find and subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor FM, Overcast, Radio Public, TuneIn, Stitcher, and the Google Play Music Store. Please rate and review us on iTunes, as rating and reviewing us will bump up the pod on their algorithm and put this project in front of even more eyeballs. If you like what we are doing, please become a Patreon supporter of the podcast and support us. Supporting us helps us keep the lights on, pay rent, pay for hosting, equipment, and travel. You can do this by going to www.anchor.fm slash podcast slash support. You can also support me on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash podcast. You can support this podcast for as little as $1 a month. We also have a $5 tier if you are feeling extra generous. But I do have one last thing that I want to talk about. Howdy y'all, Dan Scotland here, joining you from Legal, Massachusetts, the heartland of America. So before I start the episode, um, I wanted to give a shout out to our Patreon, Reefer Revolution. Um, we thank you so much for your support and your patronage of this podcast. And um, if you want to be shouted out as as one of the Patreons, you can become a Patreon for just $1 a month. Um, joining gets you many additional benefits such as early releases on episodes, exclusive episodes, bonus content, and even more. And you can do this by going to www.patreon.com slash podcast, And you can click the Become a Patreon button. And we look forward to seeing you if you can support the podcast. Without further ado, let's start the episode. Howdy, y'all. Dan Scotland here, joining you from Legal Massachusetts, the heartland of America. So this, today's episode is going to sort of kind of be like a name and shame. Um, I haven't gone soft. I still sort of do these episodes. Um, I mean, I can't yell at a at a microphone every single episode. I'm just, I just don't. That's just not my style, and it's just not a good look. But when I do see shenanigans, I call them out. I still do. So today is no different. We're gonna call call out some shenanigans right now um so i mean this isn't i'm not calling out shenanigans and sort of how maine's doing things because um i mean they've been doing medical correctly for so long but it's just that their adult use has been delayed almost like they voted on this they voted on adult use in 2016 and it's just this summer that they're likely going to get stores but who knows with this coronavirus everything is getting delayed and canceled like 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 crazy and as it should because this is a worldwide pandemic but um you know if 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 if, um if we're able to sort of we're able to 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 
create the necessary vaccines and we're able to to sort of quarantine and sort of um sort of attenuate this 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 deadly and horrible virus worldwide you know maybe the schedule will hold with, with, with Maine's opening of adult use stores but um we'll see you know you never know but um but I'm sort of gonna c- kind of contrast how my state has been doing things and how my state rolled out adult use and um again I Maine as it looks like they're they're licensing when we when we, after all our delays we opened our first two adult use stores November of 2018 and we only had two at launch and there were a lot of there were a lot of crowds there were property owners complaining that you know um that that people were peeing in their backyard and you know that the people were, were were crowding parking around neighborhoods and yada 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 and that all could have really been prevented if my if Massachusetts wasn't so incompetent and didn't have four out of the five um cannabis control members except for our um good commissioner Shaleen title um that does seem to give a, a, a crud about um cannabis and doesn't really hold it in contempt like the other ones do you know this is just resume padding for these other four commissioners they don't they don't like the plant they don't they, they hold it in contempt and they just want to restrict and regulate like um or no restrict and limit like like jody emery says that's 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 what those other four commissioners do you know they don't like the plant they probably haven't done it since their college days and they're their 40s 50s 60s and you know they hold the darn thing in contempt you know it's it's a deadhead drug for them it's a deadhead drug that adults just use to go to concerts instead of using for medical purposes again like i've said earlier and like other articles have said in adult use states most adults go to the dispensary because they don't want to get a card and they go to get cannabis to treat their medical illnesses so essentially they're self-medicating it's not really being used to go to concerts it's not really being used to play video games all day and not work it's being used for constructive purposes by adults over the age of 21 but our lawmakers you know they still think that nancy reagan is gonna wag their finger at them in the in the mirror when when, when they wake up for even indulging the thought of using cannabis like it just seems like so many people over the age of 40 45 are, are still stuck in that mindset they think nancy reagan and ronald reagan is gonna strangle them in their sleep but um it, it just gets me so angry that it, it seems that maine is going to launch with over 10 retail um shops from the start they're gonna they're gonna license um shops in 10 main cities and towns so let's read about this um so this is from the press herald maine issues first round of conditional marijuana licenses first wave of conditional adult use licenses include four manufacturing facilities 11 grow operations and 16 retail stores written by penelope overton the main office of marijuana policy issued its first round of conditional adult use marijuana businesses license business licenses Friday, giving provisional approval to 31 businesses to open grow operations, man- manufacturing facilities, and retail shops in 10 main cities and towns. Conditional approval has been granted to one nursery, 10 grows, four manufacturing, and 16 retail shops, a retail stores. So 
16. They're gonna start, they're gonna start off with 16 stores. Okay, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna drop a little bit of knowledge and perspective here. Um, Maine and New Hampshire and Vermont are relatively small states. Um, Vermont doesn't even have a million people. Um, but Maine and New Hampshire have just over a million people. They're gonna start off with 16 retail stores when they launch. 16. Like I said just a few moments earlier, um, Massachusetts started out with just two. Yes, two stores. State of Massachusetts has almost 7 million people. So that's about one store per 3.5 million people. Yeah. And, um, Maine will start off with 16 stores. Um, not really that good at math, but that's like, I don't know. That's like, that's like, um, 10 stores for maybe 80, 90,000 people, maybe. Like, like, think about that, man. That's, that's, it's just, it's just goes to show you how incompetent all the commissioners are besides Shaleen Title. Um, again, I don't agree with everything, with everything, even pe even, even pro cannabis people like Shaleen Title says or does, but she's the only one who's very, who's very competent and smart at her job. She's the the only one that actually cares about the cannabis activists and the cannabis advocates and the users and she does not think of it like a deadhead drug like all these other out of touch gen xers and and boomers think and yes yes some some gen xers are the problem too not i'm not i'm not saying all and i'm not saying all boomers either but again people 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 over 40 that grew up would just say no and ronald reagan and nancy reagan telling them that it was a destructive drug like you know they're they're sort of crystallizing their thinking you know um they sort of see it as a deadhead drug like they were told to, to to see it as and and you know from nancy and ronald reagan telling them that and you know um i mean i grew up with after school specials in the 90s they still had after school specials in the 90s but they were especially a huge thing in the 70s 60s 70s 80s whatever you know i think the 90s was like the last decade that after school specials were a thing but basically there were just sort of shows about like young teens or like people that were almost young adults um, so in case you're a zoomer and doesn't, you don't know what that is. It's basically, they were basically just shows that with young, with young adults, you know, like, let's say they were going to a party and they, like, there'll be young adults hanging out, you know, they go to a party, someone overdose and dies. And then they're supposed to sort of be a moral at the end telling you the drugs are bad or someone, some, or someone, or someone has, um, sex or someone ha gets abused or whatever. And then there's, so the, the show at the end is trying to teach you that you know that that sex is not to be taken lightly or whatever and that you know it should be consensual and you know you should do you know it should be something that people both want you know there would be some sort of there'd be some sort of moral at the end that they that they try to impart upon you and you know they would play these like you know in the evening you know they would play this you know after school like the name like the name implies but um but yeah, like the major networks like ABC, all the, you know, NBC, all those networks, like they would, they would, you know, they, they would randomly do these sort of these shows and these programs to sort of, to, to sort of, um, help the kids or whatever. But I don't, th I don't think they, I don't think they really have these any, those anymore. I think they, they died out in the 2000s, but that's, that's, that's what people, that's what people over 30 grew up with. You know, I mean, we didn't grow up with as much of the, 
just so you know, it wasn't as it wasn't as bad going into the 2000s, but it was still but I still grew up in the 90s where there were after school specials. I still remember Dare. I, I was I grew up with Dare as a kid and all my siblings grew up with Dare. But again, most of these most of these lawmakers, most of these regulators, they don't like cannabis. They hold it in contempt. You know, it just goes to show you how incompetent the mass cannabis commission is besides commissioner title that they only opened two when they launched um citizens and 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 homeowners complained about the issues i mentioned because they opened so few and you know by the end of by the ending of 2019 there were about 30 stores but it's still a very very incompetent rollout there should be way more stores you know I've, i've heard stories of like people you know in massachusetts visiting other states like my myself i visited washington state there was way more variety in, in the strains that they had um even with with, with washington state's 40 percent tax in an adult use store in like a tourist trap area of the the of seattle i was still paying way less than i, than I pay for medical marijuana and that's with a 40 percent tax on, at the ending of my purchase but um but i've heard people say that like they've gone to places like nevada which legalized the same exact time that massachusetts legalized and they have way more variety like when you go to a massachusetts store you're lucky if they have five or so strains on on deck but you would go you go to places like nevada and you would see 10 20 or more strains available but we've had medical for for we've had medical dispensaries for five years and again you're lucky if you have more than five strains to choose from in most stores you know massachusetts has been extremely incompetent on both the medical and adult use front all right so let's continue reading this conditional approval has been granted to one nursery 10 grows for four manufacturing facilities and 16 retail stores approvals range from a single shop in Newry, one of maine's smallest towns to seven companies that want to open 10 marijuana businesses in portland maine's largest city and, and by large city it's like i think portland has like 60,000 people or something like that and maine's a very small and rural state it's one of the most rural states in the country quote we have said that the adult use industry will launch spring 2020 eric gunderson the director of maine's office of marijuana policy in a prepared statement friday today's announcement moves us one step or another step closer to honoring that pledge but a conditional state license is the first step in a three-stage licensing process the applicant must obtain local authorization which can take anywhere from two weeks to a year depending on the town or city before business can return to the state to obtain a final active license. Maine won't issue active licenses until it has a testing lab ready with all its licenses and certifications to run the health, safety, and potency tests required under state law. Current Currently, four labs are thinking of entering the Maine market. That's more labs in Massachusetts had going. I think we only have two for the adult use market, I believe, to the best of my knowledge, only two. Only two for the 30 or so dispensaries we have. So that creates a bottleneck in, in in stocking up product and 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 certifying product for sale. And again, when more stores open, this these only having two dispensaries when you have seven 
million people. And we are the dispensaries for New York, New Jersey, Vermont, Connecticut, Rhode Island. We are having to hold it down for the whole Northeast because we're one of the only, we're one of the only states with, with adult use in the, in the Northeast, adult use sales. Vermont has adult use, but again, it's, it's, it's a Washington DC model. It's a gifting growing, it's a gifting growing and possessing law. Um, you can't, there are no adult use dispensaries in Vermont, although, although the legislature is working, is working on trying to get that going. But, um, but in Massachusetts, you know, we don't have enough, we don't have enough labs. We have two labs. And even if we were to open 20 stores in one month, there would be a huge bottleneck because two labs is not nearly enough to, to, to be able to, to, to process all the things. Currently, four labs are thinking of entering the main market, Gunderson said, but only one is close to being fully licensed. The 31 state conditional state license holders were granted from among more than 200 applications submitted to the state since it made re- recreational license applications available in December. The, the office release, released a list Friday of the more than 300 people seeking adult use business licenses. With provisional licenses in hand, those applicants can now bring a lo- local authorization form to present to their intended host municipality for approval. Host towns have 90 days or 180 days if they seek an extension to respond to the application's request for local authorization. Some main municipalities, such as South Portland, are already working with marijuana applicants. The Office of Marijuana Policy is preparing to receive completed local authorization forms, as well as continue to review pending conditional license applications through April when Gunderson expects to issue its first active state licenses, and June when retail sales are expected to begin. The delay between issuance of the first active licenses and the first sales is intended to allow cultivation, manufacturing, most importantly, Maine's first licensed testing lab to come online before the recreational market opens to consumers. Quote, setting such a date will ensure stores have enough time to stock their their shelves and to allow product to build in the system to withstand the demand for marijuana and marijuana products in the first few days of legal sales, Gunderson said. This approach has been used in other states. The timeline only works if one of the five testing labs that have ex- has expressed interest in entering the main adult use market can complete its certification and license process. Gunderson said that the state is working closely with those lab applicants to help them navigate the process. Testing bottlenecks have, occur- have occurred in many states such as in many states during implementation. <coughs> Massachusetts. Again, we only have like about two. We only have about two and we have like 30 some dispensaries. So like even for the dispensaries open, if there are only two dispensaries, if there are only two labs having to certify product and having to make sure product is up to snuff, again, that creates bottleneck, that creates supply issues. And, you know, these dispensaries are going to price accordingly because of that. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to make it that much longer before prices become reasonable in this state. Testing bottlenecks have occurred in many states during implementation.
institution, he said. To avoid a similar situation in Maine, we continue to work closely with our prospective testing facilities to ensure that they are able to provide this new industry with adequate testing in a timely manner. End quote. From the from legalization to legal sales, Maine is inching towards the slowest adult use marijuana rollout in the U.S. with economists saying that the three-year wait for stores to open will have cost Maine more than $82 million in taxes and 6,100 industry jobs. Dang, son. Maine budget forecasters estimate recreational cannabis sales will bring $84 million in fiscal year 2021, $118 million in fiscal year 2022, $166 million in fiscal year 2023. It is also standing by its excise tax revenue projections, which stem from a 10% tax on a wholesale market. Maine voted to legalize adult use marijuana in 2016 by 50.2% of the vote. Yeah. Yeah. But again, like like I said earlier, Maine is one of, even though Maine has a long history with cannabis, Maine is one of the most rural states in the country, you know, and rural areas tend to be a bit more conservative. So, I mean, it's not surprising that it, it kind of is surprising in a sense because Maine has had such a long history with cannabis. But I mean, when, when, when this was on the ballot, you, you, you had, you had th- that racist piece of crap governor, Paul LePage or whatever his name is. He was he was called he was saying that people that 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 black and Latino people like D Money and Swifty were bringing heroin to to were hopping white girls up with heroin. He was saying stuff like that. He was he was a bigot, you know, and he was pouring cold water on this. So I, I would imagine that didn't help that ballot measure in in 2016. But again, you don't have in in, in a lot of these states that legalize, including mine. You know, the suburbs and the rural areas tend to vote no and tend to vote against it, while the cities or the the urbanized areas tend to sort of tend to sort of cancel out the nose of the more conservative areas of the state but when the whole state is a rural state i mean you don't really have that you know what i mean and then when you have a, a hostile governor that the that, that tells you that you shouldn't do it i mean that doesn't help matters either but i mean i'm just speculating i don't really live i don't live in maine but again i do know maine is one of the most rural states in the country so you know you don't have you don't have cities that can give it over or close to 60 percent for the for the cities or the you know for the towns and the villages or whatever that vote against it or that that, that they pour cold water on it but yeah it was a very very close vote they're almost gonna hand count it again but thankfully the thankfully they they went through with it even though it's been delayed even though implementation has been delayed almost four years because you know i think towards the end of lepage's um um time as governor he was vetoed like the legislature had a sort of um yeah they had a sort of um yeah they had to approve the initiative and then they no they had to yeah they had like they had to approve implementation and the governor kept vetoing it and um like like much like massachusetts um there was a sort of a rewrite and a modification after the ballot measure passed so again if you're in mississippi you got to pay attention to this because your lawmakers even if you even if you pass medical this year your lawmakers are likely going to try to meddle if you don't have a if you don't have a constitutional amendment and even with 
constitutional amendments. Florida, they have constitutional amendments. So they're supposed so when the people of Florida pass something or the people in constitutional amendment states pass something, it's supposed to in theory be binding and they're not the lawmakers are not supposed to be able to meddle with it. But as we're seeing in in in, in as we saw in Florida, they they banned whole flour, smoking whole flour until, you know, Governor DeSantis came in and said we have to implement the will of the people and kicked it back to the legislature to to correct the problem, to correct the meddling that they had caused initially, you know? Um I mean, again, even in constitutional amendment states, your lawmakers can still meddle. You know, Nebraska, if you're looking at this, you, you have to you have to keep that in mind. Your lawmakers can still meddle, you know, and they tend to do it during lame duck sessions. Like when when my state in Massachusetts, legal Massachusetts did this, it was during like it was it was like I think it was close to Christmas. It was in December when everyone was going away to see their families and stuff. The the prohibitionist lawmakers and Massachusetts, you know, during the session where not all the Congress people were there, they did this emergency lame duck session. They the the delayed implementation of the adult use thing by adult use stores by six months, and then they they tinkered with the tax rate. They you know they did a whole bunch of other modifications, and then months later they they rewrote the initiative. They fully rewrote the initiative. They hiked up the tax rate, and they made a bunch of other changes. Um, they were almost gonna get rid of like the the expungement but you know activists like myself and activists on the ground um shout out to to mike crawford who's a friend of the show uh who who does the young jerks show who's, who, which is another cannabis podcast but you know they were they were almost going to get rid of expungement but we had to stand up and and say put our foot down and not allow that after legislative rewrites like i just mentioned gubernatorial vetoes like i just mentioned and contractional snafus maine expects its record expects to record to record its first adult use sales in mid-june or 1315 days after voters narrowly approved full-scale legalization at the polls the seven states that legalized recreational marijuana use and sales before or at the same time as Maine, Colorado, Washington, Alaska, Oregon, California, Massachusetts, and Nevada required an average of 497 days from legalization to rec- record their first sales. Illinois launched its adult use market on January 1st, just 160 days, the fastest rollout in U.S. history. Yeah, Illinois. Illinois was a dark horse. I I was like, because I I watch like a I watch a um cannabis um no I watch a um no it's just a regular it's just like a political news um uh YouTube channel called Harlan's Media and they talk about how corrupt Chicago and Illinois as a whole is like Illinois was a dark horse I didn't expect them to legalize through the legislature I didn't expect J B Pritzker to be that quick and the legislature to be on the same page and and not cause any issues I thought New York would sort of beat them and Illinois would be the one squabbling but now it's 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 just the exact reverse new york new york they're squabbling um i mean cuomo was saying oh i, I want to do it this year even though they failed last year but I, like i said i was suspecting that they would run into the same problems they ran into last year where they had um 
a couple of um reefer madness dems even though dems control all 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 branches of their government now there are, there were a couple of reefer madness dems that sank adult use last year and cuomo didn't have the the, the stones to 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 put pressure on them to approve his 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 push towards legalization but illinois they were like they you know they they got like there wasn't that much legislate legislature squabbling and pritzer got got this done very very quickly within 160 days you know nevada was very quick too i think they were i mean i wouldn't be surprised if they were the second fastest state they legalized in 2016 and 2017 by summer 2017 they had the stores up and running i mean it got so like you know they got so much demand because las vegas gets so much tourism that the governor had to had to declare a state of emergency because they, they didn't have enough weed to re- meet demand i'm not making that up they had to they had to do a statement of emergency because they didn't have enough weed but nevada was very quick they were really quick much of the delay rests on the shoulders of former maine governor paul lepage an avowed legalization opponent his successor janet mills created the office of marijuana policy in february 2019 also something to keep in mind about about the new governor governor uh janet mills when she was inaugurated um i want to say yes when she was inaugurated last year um the the big cannabis dispensary maine again again maine is more of a craft cannabis sort of state you have a lot of craft caregivers you had a lot of you know small growers they're they're a confederation of small growers and caregivers it's not a it's not a big cannabis cartel state like the rest of the east coast but there are i think some like eight or ten like traditional dispensaries that and and one of which is wellness connection which is a um which a lot of people say their product isn't all that good and they're a big cannabis corporation that's you know that's as bad as all the other big cannabis corporations but um something to note is that the is that wellness connection funded the inauguration of of jet the inauguration ball and the inauguration um expenses they funded those expenses for the for for governor mills you know they gave her the money to do an inauguration so she's getting paid off by by these big cannabis um um companies but um again she's not nearly as bad as um as, as ardent cannabis opponent um and racist and bigot governor paul lepage lepage what however you say his name i don't i don't even care because he's such a piece of his successor, Governor Janet Mills, created the Office of Marijuana Policy in February 2019, which began working towards implementation of the 2016 referendum results from scratch. If sales begin as planned in June, the office would have completed its work in about 500 days, which is almost exactly how much time the seven states that legalize adult use before or at the same time of Maine needed to do the same. Conditional state licenses have been awarded to the following applicants. Auburn, Mystique LLC, Grow Facility, Manufacturing Facility, and Retail Shop. Auburn, Team Green LLC, Grow Facility. Bangor, Allure Cultivation, Grow Facility. Bangor, Bangor Bond LLC, Retail Shop. Bangor, Firestorm Cultivation, Retail Shop. Bath, Highbrow LLC, Retail Shop. Demariscotta, Coastal Cannabis Co. LLC, Retail Shop. Detroit, Room 5 LLC, Grow Facility. 
Jefferson, Michael John Howland Nursery, Manchester, Triple A Pharmaceutical Alternatives, Grow Facility, Manufacturing Facility, Retail Shop, Manchester, Jason Brosey, Retail Shop, Manchester, Urgence Cannabis Co., LLC, Retail Shop, Newery, Jammy Enterprises, LLC, Retail Shop, Portland, Coast to Coast, LLC, Grow Facility, Manufacturing Facility, Retail Shop, Portland, Grow Room, LLC, Grow Facility, Retail Shop, Portland, High, Higher Concept Holdings, LLC, Retail Shop, Portland, Mystique, LLC, Retail Shop, Portland, Old Port Development, LLC, Retail Shop, Portland, Team Green, LLC, Grow Facility, Manufacturing Facility, South Portland, Gell, LLC, Grow Facility, South Portland, Rosebud, LLC, Retail Shop, Stowe, Portland, Maine, LLC, Grow Facility, TB Determined, Highbrow, LLC, Retail Shop, end of article. So there you have it, folks. Um... That's, it just goes to show you how, um, you know, even though we didn't, even though Massachusetts didn't like take nearly as long as Maine, again, we, we slow roll the shops. They're going to have a, like, they're going to have a, a, a good amount. They're going to have 16 retail stores when they, they start, you know, that's what they're pushing towards. But our, our one, we started off with two and we just got our first one within Boston proper, which is owned and operated by drug war victims we just got that first one in, in in within within the city of boston in in dorchester we just got that first one pure oasis um this year in this month but um again i mean it's gonna take a long time before we have before we root out all the boomers and gen xers that grew up on on, on propaganda from nixon reagan and 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 bush 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 one telling them that that the cannabis is a menace a society and it's a deadhead drug it's not what productive adults do so you have all these regulators that are 20 years removed from their 20 30 years removed from their last cannabis experience in high school or college and they're the ones writing these regulations so they're the ones rewriting laws and initiatives that voters vote on they're the ones vetoing and installing implementation you know we all need to step up we need to vote out these prohibitionists we need to put new blood in you know the millennial generation where a lot of us in our a lot of us a good amount of us especially the middle and elder millennials are in their 30s the middle and elder part of our generation we're in our 30s we're not kids anymore we can run for office at this point we can run from for office we can unseat these prohibitionists we we're old enough you know we're old enough and we we have we have the we have the intelligence and the ability to to unseat this old these old prohibitionists and we very well should you know we totally need a youth movement at this point so i'm gonna end this here um hope you guys enjoy this hope you guys have a good one stay medicated my friends peace out and ciao if you find yourself coming around often to my podcast and want to support our humble little project there are quite a few ways you could do so supporting us helps us keep the lights on pay rent pay for hosting equipment and travel you can do this by going to https colon slash slash anchor dot fm slash i am canvas sativa podcast slash support you can also support me now on patreon at www.patreon.com slash ic sativa podcast
podcasts. You can support the podcast for as little as $1 a month. We also have a $5 and above tier if you are feeling extra generous. Additionally, if you wish to get in contact with us, you can leave a voice message on Anchor and you can do this by going to https colon slash slash anchor dot fm slash I am Canvas Sativa podcast and click the send voice message button and I may just play it on a future episode. You can also call and leave a voice message at 617-466-9389 and I may just play it on a future episode. Feel free to join the ever-expanding I Am Canvas Sativa podcast planet on Discord. We've, yes, we've got a Discord channel and that Discord channel can be found at https colon slash slash discord dot gg greg greg slash six five t g two n r again that is h t t p s colon slash slash discord dot g g slash six five t g two n r feel free to check out sequoia organics for a great source of cbd and hemp based products you can check them out by the link h t t p s colon slash b i t dot l y slash three three f k r v and you can enter the following coupon codes for extra discounts such as dog treat 20 tincture 20 40 percent sign off iso 15 percent sign off cbd and that applies to the entire store and if you're in northeast new england and you're in eastern massachusetts especially or or, um, southern new hampshire or southern maine then you can get some great and inexpensive cbd flour delivered directly to your door very quickly and you can do this by going to https colon slash slash shop dot boston empire dot com slash question mark ref equals d scotland and as always everyone stay medicated my friends peace out and ciao